If someone broke in and was threatening your family, you'd do something about it. If there were a lethal airborne virus, you'd avoid the area. When the roads are icy, you slow down. But what if you discovered there's something threatening your connection to the Lord Jesus Christ right now? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. day before yesterday, I took my family rafting through the Royal Gorge, and we had a pretty bad accident. The accident happened because of me. I was overconfident. I thought I was 20. Turns out I'm 48. And so, so what happened was I just didn't take several of the basic precautions that you always take, rafting, safety precautions that should always be in place in case of some kind of an emergency. But I was so sure of myself and my abilities that I just bypassed numerous safety precautions, which was a huge mistake that could have cost us our lives. Uh, right under the Royal Gorge Bridge, uh, there's, a, there's a class four rapid called Wall Slammer for a reason. And uh, it's an especially dangerous rapid. The whole current just slams into an undercut cliff so that it sucks in there. And uh, I made a critical error in judgment in the way that I approached the rapid. I hit a, a, a wave at the top that was way too big to hit. And the boat folded in half. And then that hydraulic took that boat, just whipped us upside down right into that rapid. And everybody took a very nasty swim. No major injuries, thankfully, by God's grace. Uh, just a lot of cuts and bruises. But it really could have been a lot worse. That's the kind of thing that happens when you don't take the proper precautions. We've been studying through the book of Philippians, and and, and last week we just started chapter 3, this new section. So the new topic in chapter 3 is simply this. Knowing Christ. Okay, That's the topic. Paul doesn't want a righteousness of his own that comes from his efforts and from from obeying the law. What What he does want is to know Christ, to gain Christ, to be found in Christ, to have the righteousness of Christ that comes through faith in Christ. And so this is a chapter all about knowing Christ. But before describing to us exactly what it means to know Christ and what that looks like and how to how a person can come to know Christ. Paul gives us a very serious warning about a very serious threat. He wants us to take some precautions. Paul is warning us about a serious threat to knowing Christ. If somebody told you a bunch of lies, told your spouse a bunch of lies about you, and they believed, your spouse believed those lies, that would threaten your relationship, your marriage relationship, right? Or if your spouse became attracted to someone else, that would threaten your marriage. All relationships are vulnerable to threats and your relationship with Jesus Christ is no exception it's vulnerable and so in a chapter on how to know Christ the whole thing begins with a warning to take precautions against this huge threat three times in one verse Paul repeats that warning watch out watch out watch out the threat is real the danger is severe the the warning sirens are going off this is not a drill this is serious and and you say well what is this terrible threat what is it legalism Trying to be a good person by living up to some ethical standard. Uh, putting your confidence in yourself, your own efforts to make yourself acceptable in God's sight. Uh, or putting your confidence in some earthly thing. Legalism is, as we found last week, the dominant philosophy in all other religions 
And it is the dominant philosophy for all non-religious, atheists and agnostics and secularists. And it's constantly trying to worm its way into Christianity. And when it manages to do so, it's not a minor little problem. It puts your very relationship with Christ in jeopardy. So how can we keep ourselves safe from this horrible threat? What can we do? Is there some sort of safeguard that can protect us from this threat? The answer is yes, there is a safeguard. Verse 1. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. The safeguard that's going to protect, the precautions we need to take, that's going to protect us from the threats to knowing Christ are the warnings that Paul gives. And so in verse 2, Paul breaks out of his very positive, very happy mood, the joyful tone that he has everywhere else in this letter. And in this one verse, he, he has a fierceness and a harshness that's almost scary. Verse 2, watch out for those dogs. Watch out for those men who do evil. Watch out for the mutilation. Very strong language. And it was not only strong language, but it was also repetitious. It's so repetitious that Paul has to feel like he has to give an explanation for why he's repeating this yet again. He's told him this many times. Look down at verse 18. He says, I have often told you before, and now say it again, even with tears. So he just keeps warning them, keeps warning them. Uh, even though it sounds like, from the way that I read this, it sounds like there's not a current problem with the, with the legalists in Philippi at this time. But he just writes it anyway as a safeguard, as a precaution. And we can learn from that. It's much better to warn people ahead of time than it is to try to retrieve somebody after they have drifted away into false teaching. So I think we would do well not to just breeze over verse 2. Verse 2 is there for a reason. He wants to keep us safe. God has loaded the Bible up with warnings from front to back with warnings again that threaten our relationship with Christ to keep us safe. And it's important for us to understand that because there are so many Christians who look in the Bible and they see the promises that God will protect us, God will preserve our faith, He'll hold on to us. They see those promises and they figure, ah, oh, well, if God has made all those promises, then our protection must be automatic. It's just automatic. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what I do or don't do. If my faith is real today, then there's just no actual risk of any danger. They figure because the promises of eternal security are there, the, the Christian life is kind of like a ride at Disneyland. There, there seems to be some things that look a little scary, and they're, they're sort of threats, but, but in reality, you could really just sleep your way through the whole ride, and you're never going to go off the track. That's not the picture that God paints for us in the New Testament about our salvation. Yes, God will protect you, but the protection is not automatic. It's not automatic. One of the main ways that God protects you is by giving warnings about the threats that are out there. See, he doesn't lock you onto a track. What he does is he puts up signs that says, okay, slow down here and and, and put up some guardrails there. Otherwise, you're going to go flying off the edge. And as I said, the, the Bible is absolutely loaded with these warnings. If you think that you're standing firm, watch out that you don't fall. Be on your guard so that you may be, not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. If you've ever, you ever hear some teacher da- trying to downplay the warnings in the New Testament, beware. Don't listen. God has devoted a huge amount of space in His Word to giving us these warnings. Don't listen to anyone who tries to tell you that they don't really apply to you. Oh, those are the, that just only applies to the tribulation saints, or that only applies to fake Christians, or that doesn't... 
these are for us. There's always going to be teachers out there that are going to try to tell you, look, you don't have to worry about the warnings. They're not for you. If you're a true Christian, you're protected by God from all spiritual threats. And what those people fail to realize is that, yes, you're protected by God, but that protection comes in the form of warnings. That's how he protects you. You ignore the warnings, you forfeit the protection. And if it required some repetition, fine. Paul would just repeat it however many times uh, was necessary for them to get it. Acts 20, 31. For three years, I never stopped warning you, each of you, night and day, with tears. And those weren't phony tears. He was actually crying. They were real tears of sorrow because Paul was warning them about a threat that he knew would be absolutely lethal to them spiritually. And it was coming. Be alert. Be alert to spiritual threats. Watch out for anything that diminishes your desire for spiritual things. Beware of any movement that pulls you away from the Bible. You know, that, that they say, well, you know, we need fresh uh, revelation from the Spirit and, and the fresh stuff is better and the, the old stuff in the Bible is not as good. Steer clear of those kind of movements. Anything that pulls you away from the Bible. Watch out for anything that pulls you away from fellowship, from the body of Christ. This happens a lot. Somebody gets into, you know, King James only or Hebrew roots or or whatever, and they get into something and then they become obsessed with it. With it, They lose sight of the big important things in the faith. Every time that you talk to them, uh, they're talking about that thing. Never anything else. And of course, watch out for legalism. That's the warning here. Trying to be a good person by living up to some standard. That's the one that's here because most the most important goal, the reason Paul's warning them about that threat is because the most important goal there is, is knowing Christ. That's what this chapter is about, and legalism is a huge threat to that. Give some thought to the influences in your life right now. Is there anything that threatens your closeness with Christ? Consider this quotation from Susanna Wesley. Whatever weakens your reason impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, or takes off the relish for spiritual things, then it is sin for you, however innocent it may be in itself. She wrote that to her son, John Wesley, in a letter. Using that standard, what are the threats to your relationship with Christ in your current lifestyle? I'll read it again. Whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, or takes off the relish for spiritual things, then it is sin for you, however innocent it may be in itself. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.